Oso. Uh, no one. More about gel coat. When the fourth round. Don't you call in the. Well, doesn't look good already. Okay. Jumbo Scampi for limited. All for a price that will make you. Hello and welcome to Queued Up, where we talk with our friends about their favorite TV shows. I'm Steven, and spoiler alert, you're the reason Mommy is crying in the kitchen. Hi, and I'm Jamie, and spoiler alert, I've had three lunches already today. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, sushi, sushi, a breakfast sandwich, and then Zaxby's on the way home. Wow, that is quite... What what'd you get for what sushi did you get? Uh barbecue eel roll and a Philadelphia roll, two of my absolute favorites. Yes. Uh that sounds so delicious. What did I have for lunch today? I had nothing. Did I just have a I think I just had a bottle of water. So really keeping it healthy. Yeah. This new eating absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, zero calories. It's Yeah. No the new craze. I had Sonic. <laughs> so actually the complete opposite of zero calories. Yum. Sonic is good too. I almost did Sonic for my for breakfast and I uh breakfast I say at like eleven. Um but I just went and got I mean, a breakfast I, sandwich. I did I love their burritos. Yeah, their breakfast burritos are amazing. So well, I guess since we are talking about food that should lead us right into what we normally talk about first, which is snacks. Well, I guess we should mention that today's episode is just me and you, Jamie. No um, special guest. Bandit could be our special guest, but he doesn't talk. He's sitting right next to me. So I have my dog, Bo, right next to me, so they will be great. We'll post pictures of them whenever we post yeah, the show. So when we get that they, social media going. And people can see how awesome our pets are. So... But anyway, pets, wonderful, also wonderful snacks. And today we're going to talk about my favorite snack, which is popcorn. I mentioned it last um, last episode, but we're just going to... Well, how do you feel about popcorn, Jamie? I, wanna, uh, I, I obviously love it, but... Yeah, it's your favorite you snack. I, I do like popcorn. Um, I'm really mostly just a popcorn at the movie theater, though. Uh, I don't really eat it at home much. Mainly just, I just don't think about buying it. I just buy chips. Mm. Is there, do you have a preference on popcorn? Are you just like a straight regular butter? Or do you like different flavors of popcorn? My absolute favorite way to eat popcorn is Chicago style, which is the cheddar and uh, caramel mixed together. It's okay. My that's the best way to eat popcorn. Uh, Trader Joe's has a great bag. Okay, that I'm not gonna lie to me sounds wretched. Have you never had uh, that? I've never had that. I guess you know I'm. I think the thing that's getting me about it is cheese. Whenever cheese gets paired with something savory, or whenever it gets paired with something super sweet, like a sharp cheddar getting paired with something sweet. If it's like a pear or something, like if it's something bougie, like you put it on a cheese board, I'm fine. But you put it, you put it on popcorn, I just, for some reason, my brain is just like, nope. I think it's because I spent years selling Boy Scout popcorn, yeah. and that's also part of it. I have a little bit of PTSD. Whenever I see it, I'm like, do you want to buy some? It's $25. 
I also I was the the number one salesman of my popcorn in my troop. Uh, what oh, yeah. forty one in Hernando? Yeah, I loved selling popcorn, man. That's why I fell in love with multi flavored popcorn because I would get the big I... tin with all three. Uh, and then you would just like shake it up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, it has a, like a divider in the middle, and I would just rip that out. <laughs> yep, yep. I remember. I remember doing that as well. So, so. Good. but clearly but it had so, different effects on us. Yeah, very, very much so. I guess. See, so I guess that's like revealing me and my. I'm still a fat kid, but I'm less of a fat kid than I was. But when I was younger, I was like. I guess I can still do this. I guess I feel worse about it now than I did when I was a child. Like when I was a child, I could eat a whole bag of of anything in one sitting. And oh, it yeah. wasn't a big like tiny bag or family size bag, like I would just tear it up. So I think probably my problem is that I just had too much cheddar popcorn. Yeah. Honest. I just like ate a whole like however big that tin was of popcorn by myself one day and now i just i just can't anymore i think maybe that's why i don't keep popcorn around because it's one of those that i'll just just eat and eat and eat and i won't Mm. stop and then when i'm done i'm like wow i'm disgusting well yeah because because then it's like it's not just like because it's over everything i i don't know about you but i'm like an extra butter kind of person so it's like i'm I'm greasy. Like my hands are greasy, my face is greasy. I have popcorn bits. All stuff. I'm making myself sound so attractive <laughs> and like the exact kind of person you want to hang out with. Me and my my butterfingers. Uh, <laughs> now <laughs> scrounging around in popcorn tip. Like, <laughs> are you okay? Like if you're if you're watch if you've got a bag of popcorn at home or at the movie theater, like. Do you share, or are you more of like get a small one for yourself and just dig into it instead of passing around a big bag? So I like to I like to share, but so like I have to pass the bag. Like I've this is it annoys me to no end when someone wants me to pour popcorn into their hands or they try to make like a napkin cone. I'm just like no. For some reason, my body just calls out. Like, I have thrown, like, angrily thrown bags of popcorn at someone and been like, here, this is yours. Like, I'm not dealing with this. Like, I don't need it. I don't want it. Okay. Uh, no, that's, I mean, that's good. Uh, I, I hate when people bring, like, a bag of chips and there's, like, 10 of us hanging around drinking beers and they're like, no, this is my, like, you eat a chip and they're like, oh, wow, you ate my chips or my popcorn. Yeah. I hate yeah. those people. They are the worst, and you shouldn't go to movies with them. You shouldn't bring them to bars. They you shouldn't. They, if you can't share a bag of chips, you shouldn't be friends with them. You shouldn't bring it. You know, it's like the gum in school rule, right? If you don't have enough for everybody, you can't have. Yeah, you know, yeah. You can't have. So no, I'm a hundred percent with you. I would much rather share and have us all get our hands greasy together. You know, like slightly caress someone as they go at that awkward dance. I love that. I'm always trying to introduce more uh, uncomfortable moments in my life. So sharing a communal bag is actually perfect for that. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Um, What is, so what's your favorite kind of popcorn? Uh, It's your favorite snack, but like if you had to choose, what would it be? Uh, So I actually, I I love, like I said, I love 
extra movie theater butter popcorn. Yeah. If I'm at, so, if I, so my favorite brand is Orville Redenbacher. Like, or um, the one, the blue box with the movie reels on it. I can't yeah, remember the, what it is. Is it, is it not just called movie popcorn? I have no idea. I know what you're talking about, but I don't I also have... I have no idea what the brand name of that is. No clue. Uh, no idea. Both are delicious, though. Both in movie theater butter. Absolute, just wonderful. Uh, and then I also like movie theater popcorn. I also really enjoy kettle corn. Yes. I, I so my, and this is how I know that America is not the greatest country in the world. Um because I've done some international traveling and in uh, Malaysia and Singapore, when you go to the movie theaters, you can get sweet and buttery popcorn. So yeah, like they have it divided down the middle and uh, you, you, you can either get a mix, which is delicious. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Or you can get, and it's not, and it's like, it's golden caramel corn. Like it's and it's delicious. It's so good. So that's oh, man. You know American that sounds incredible. Yeah, it's no, just, I I'm always excited when I go to a movie theater that has like chocolate covered popcorn or uh they never have caramel corn. That would be great. But I've been to a couple specialty theaters that have like where you can get like a chocolate drizzle, mm-hmm. and that's so good because i like dropping like goobers down in my popcorn when i'm at a theater yep yep i'm also a fan i'll do uh i'm an old person i like raisinets gross i like to make my raisinets with my popcorn and just i mean make sure i don't break a hip getting out of the theater (laughs) raisinets are fine but goobers are the better crunchier version i just i'm not i don't like crunch like, I like the crunch of popcorn, but for some reason, I don't like crunching candy. Yeah. Well, also, I'm not a fan of chocolate. That's also a problem. I'm not, like, that's not my biggest thing. But anyway, we're not talking about chocolate. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking about, about popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. Uh, that's what's important here. I will say the most, so the, recently, I went to uh, a theater, and this made me very angry. Um, the... So the way that this theater is set up is basically, you know, trying to eliminate uh, all kinds of workers. Everything you do was like self-serve. So you would go in, you went to like, instead of anyone being a ticket taker, there was a kiosk and you would go and you put in your, you know, whatever. Um, And then you would go to the snack bar and there was someone there who was there to take your order. But then everything except for like things that had to be dropped in a fryer was self-serve so you get your cup and you would go they had like the multi coca-cola things whatever and then the thing that made me just so angry incredible hulk angry was the self-serve popcorn gross dude that is disgusting i would not no okay so the way that they so it's not like you know you don't get like your own little scoop and like our poor are doing it in it's like one of those like twisty cereal things that you see in a college cafeteria oh yeah so it's like like not warm it's not warm and it's at the bottom and it's like cold that was the worst part it was cold and it had you know the grease had really just gone in and it wasn't crunchy anymore 
and it was all like just crushed up and then it was like adding insult to in uh, injury because then they put this like fresh beautiful layer of freshly popped popcorn over the top but yeah it's but at the top like, so like you would have to yeah. get like four or five buckets worth to get it yes it oh. was i was so even more than that because it was a big thing it was like a standard size popcorn machine that you see in the back it's just they're not giving it they're not taking it from the top they're not taking this freshly driven freshly popped beautiful popcorn snow and giving it to you you are getting like the yellowest yellow snow of the popcorn just like the very soaked in butter and grease which soaked in butter uh. and grease and then if there were any burnt bits like you know how there's like the little chips that come like the kernel pops and then you always get the stuff at the bottom that's what they were giving you and i was like this is wrong this requires an exorcism and i i do not feel god in this movie theater tonight maybe in that chili's across the street but not i i may have walked out of that theater because if i can't have like good popcorn for a movie it's almost pointless unless it was into the spider verse and then it's worth it but no it was aquaman so it wasn't not worth it it. no no yeah you i wouldn't do that but i was i was committed i was in too deep i wanted to give it a shot i like i walked it i walked in and i immediately was like nope this you can keep it was it a malco no it wasn't it was some other random movie theater chain that but is like all wave of the future and i'm like i will stay in the 1800s please i do not also if you're going into the future just get robots like have a robot that's serving me hot popcorn (laughs) yes actually that'd be pretty dope yeah yeah like i love if they just had like an arm that just like scooped down in there and just plopped it for you that would be great i would be into that Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, popcorn is 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 good. You said you liked. Uh, I was gonna ask you if you liked putting stuff in it. I already know that question, that answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever? Do you ever like? Have you ever gotten kernels and popped your own popcorn, like in a in a pan at home? No, I've never done that. Mainly because, like, I remember stories of like that exploding. Oh, I did. So, talk about popcorn mishaps. I remember. You know, because all of the cartoons, when you put the popcorn in the microwave and you let it go for 10 minutes, it comes cascading out of the microwave. And, you know, me... You got more and more popcorn. Yeah, like that's how it works, right? That's, you know, but obviously anyone who's ever, (laughs) who's an adult and has operated microwave knows that that's not that's not what happens at all. And instead it, you know, bursts into flames and smells like dirty socks. So that's probably the closest I've ever come to doing, um, like popcorn on a stove, which is not related at all. Yeah. You never even did like, like Jiffy pop. Nope. Nope. I've always looked at them and been like, I wonder Jiffy pops, Jiffy pops easy. You should, you should treat yourself to a, an extra buttery Jiffy pop. One okay. one night because it's like fun to do. Yeah. Uh, don't get drunk; you'll burn yourself. <laughs> uh, a friend told me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Cool. All right. I will be on the eyes. I will be on the lookout for a Jiffy Pop. Yeah, I don't even... Honestly, I'm not sure if they... I, the last time I made a Jiffy Pop, I was 15, so... <laughs> um, no, well, I mean, I think it's, like, one of those things where it's probably, like, you have... It depends on, like, the number of old people you have living in your area. I feel like, you know, if they're not willing to get an iPhone, they're probably not willing to get, like, a microwave popcorn bag either. So I'm sure, like, if I went and I visited my grandma in her retirement community, I bet I could find, like, Jiffy Pop and Butter Churns and, uh, I don't know, what what other old-timey things. Uh, Fire uh, burning uh, ovens? I don't know. I don't know. It'll, it'd be, it's wild retirement communities. So, anyway. All right. Well, I'll be on the lookout for that. And maybe it will upgrade my popcorn eating experience. For sure, for sure. I just I can't believe you haven't made your own popcorn because you can like add whatever you want to it. You can make it as buttery as you want. So good. I've done. Um, I've operated like that was my. I've operated like popcorn machines. Like I always, I always find that to be really exciting. That's like a fulfillment, like going to the movies so much. Like that's a childhood dream that I'm so happy I have fulfilled is like knowing how to operate a popcorn machine. No big NBD. Yeah, no no big deal. Uh, I've I've never operated a popcorn machine. It's daunting to me. Uh, it, it's daunting and dangerous. You want to talk about getting burned. I've I've so, seen the ones like in the one. in the back of a Malco before because uh, Logan worked in a theater. And I went and picked him up one day, and they're like, like Logan would step inside of it to clean it. Jesus. They were so big. No, thank you. <laughs> um, anything else about popcorn? As our no. popcorn expert. Anything else about popcorn? As the resident popcorn expert, I feel so underprepared. I should have come in with facts about yeah. this. How does it work? magic can i just pop a regular kernel of corn why can't i mean telekinesis why can't i just like look at the bag and that's that would be dope oh self-popping popcorn bags i bet that would be hella dangerous but i'm all for it it would have like like hand warmers like you have to like crack it and it starts heating up yes huh who cares about like racism and you know hate speech on twitter jack I need you to get your minions to make me a self-popping popcorn bag. YouTube, keep serving me uh, conspiracy videos. But if you figure out, it's okay if you figure out how to give me a self-popping popcorn bag. More important. More important. It's yeah. a self-popping oh, popcorn. Okay. So I can just like yeah. be in my car and just crack it and just have popcorn. Uh-huh. If you're and on I- a long drive. Everyone uses those popcorn gifts you know, when they're looking at drama. Why not just make it a reality? You know, you could just have that popcorn and just be ready to watch any drama that unfolds before you, whether it be a movie or real life. Oh, man. That is... We're on to something here. We have to... Now we can't air this episode. No, no just, we just... Uh, self, self-popping self popcorn TM. We got it. We're safe. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess we can uh, move into the show we've got today. 
So, um, what 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 do we have queued up today, Mokler? What are we what are we talking about? So today we are going to be talking about uh, a show that we went Goo Gaga over last fall, early winter, I think. I can't remember when it came out, but. Uh, if you haven't seen this, it's on Netflix. It is The Haunting of Hill House, a 10-episode miniseries based on the novel by Shirley Jackson. Uh, and it's real dope. It's real good. It's so good. It's the best horror TV show I've ever watched, for sure. And I, have, I to be fair, I haven't watched many horror TV shows. It is definitely up there. I'm trying to think of other horror TV shows I've watched, and the only one that is coming to mind is Being Human, Scooby-Doo, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Uh, but, you know, like, the cartoons are different. Yeah, this I was going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count Scooby-Doo, and Courage could is probably counted in the same, the same vein yeah. as whatever this was, because Courage is also yeah. terrifying. Well, I think, it, you know, it's the, you know, Courage. Each episode is meant to be standalone, right? There's not. You know, yeah. There's no. This is like Haunting of Hill House, uh, Being Human. Those are you know you stick with the characters and they develop and, um, you know, so that's what that's all about. But um, yeah, I would say, and it's definitely it is considering how many bad horror movies there are, especially on Netflix, like how many bad horror movies they've like put out as netflix originals this was a refreshing change of pace like there are things that you know we'll probably talk about that i you know think are weak in the show they don't do so great but i think like on the whole this is a really it's just really well done the story is really well done um and the acting man the uh it's it's fine it's it's the it's like it's like at first you're like okay and then you just get used to it because the story is that good yeah well i guess so we've already jumped into talking about like what we like about it and what we don't i gave it a little bit of intro but do you want to summarize it for our guests who maybe have not caught the gospel of uh h-o-h-h yet um yeah sure uh so Basically, it's it's um, it's this is us, but scary, and so it follows the um, the cranes that move into a house in. Where is it set? Maine. Maine somewhere, and Maine I'm not sure. Somewhere north and cold. But uh, and when they move in, uh, just weird things start happening there spirits that different ones see and and each of the kids have their own weird little connection with the house and and it flashes between when they were children and had first moved into the house and then present day um when they're uh does it 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 starts because of i don't why does it yeah what what brings it all why do they all come they're, together? They're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're So, and there's this big, there's the big family trauma of none of the kids know what happened to their mom, and their dad doesn't tell them, and the family kind of falls apart. And that's one of the things that I think has made it so uh, powerful is that it's a, 
uh, like in a lot of the stuff that I've read is like, it's a really great meditation grief because you're left, I think in a lot of episodes to wonder like, Oh, are they fucked up because they, you know, played with a ghost or are they fucked up because, because of their, you know, the, yeah. Cause of their family and they I, don't talk to one another and all that. Yeah, no, I feel like, I feel like even at the end, uh, well, close, close to the end, I'm still like, is this, is it ghosts or are they crazy? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, I know that's part of it, but it, it definitely, they do a good job of like, no, these people actually are kind of nuts. Yeah. Well, and I think that that, uh, that kind of thought process, like the, uh, writer of the show, also the director, I can't remember his name. You have IMDb up if you want to look him up real quick. But he, I remember reading an interview with him, like that is an aspect of the novel that they wanted to take into the show as well. Is not, you know, is it supernatural? Are they just crazy? Is it somewhere in between? We may never know. I don't know. I, this is probably, I don't, do you think they'll bring it back for a second season? I, I honestly, I hope not. And if they do, I hope it's just an entire different like i don't know how they would i just want it to be a different story i don't want it this was like a perfectly enclosed world in my opinion yeah yeah i agree um directed by mike flanagan yes so and then he's also done some other horror movies so i guess that's also one of the great things is you know there really is you know people talk about it there's this horror renaissance um and Mike Flanagan, and then uh, Jason Bloom of Bloom House, even though he has some like questionable political opinions uh, and stances, um, are doing like really great work in bringing the horror genre, um, you know, out of just the jump scares and uh, really kind of tying it back into those really primal emotions. How do you feel about that, Jamie? Um, I mean, that's that's i think why i liked it so much is i'm not i'm truly not that big of a horror fan i i'll enjoy a a horror movie every now and then but what i'm when i watch a horror movie what i want is is that i want a connection to these people i want to be terrified not because of a jump or because of a scary monster necessarily but because i'm 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 worried about what's going to happen to the characters like i'm worried about uh it, it like what's what what are, or i'm i'm also thinking about like what are they what are they thinking like why why does this matter so much to them or why and that's that's why i like this so much i'm i'm 100 percent into yeah, well, and it back. Gonna, yeah and i was gonna say about like being worried about the characters i think that they so one of the for the uninitiated one of the things that they did uh for the show is they actually hide ghosts in the background of shots, which is so scary. Um, like, I keep, it's a I little... keep saying I'm going to go back and watch it again with the like guide of where all the ghosts are. Because apparently there's even more than you realize. Like If you're not watching the background, you're not going to see them. Well, and then, I again, I, I read in an interview that Mike Clinigan did, and the set designer, um, there are actually faces designed into the... Uh, so the set that they have the house on is an actual two-story building uh, that they built on a soundstage in Atlanta, and um, the everything is like 
carved to have a face in it. Like even doorknob handles are faces. So even like in places where there might not necessarily be a ghost in the background, if you feel like you're being watched or there's something kind of ominous, like it's not just the music, it's not just the, you know, is there a ghost, is there maybe not a ghost, it's the actual physical structure of this set slash house is designed to be looking at the character that's and then by amazing you. i did not know that. that's know. really crazy oh, i found that out and i was like what that's really no. crazy yeah because like this was, this is a show that like i loved it but i i was uncomfortable a lot of the time watching the show oh yeah a hundred percent i love I, that's like one of the things that I love about horror is dread. That's the thing that's really scary. You know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you know you're looking in the corner, is like, is that a is that a jacket or is that a headless you know demon coming to steal my soul? Like that's when I'm the most scared. Yeah. You know, not in the quiet. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, not necessarily when someone pops out from behind a door. You know, even though that that's scary. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think, again, something just tying it back into the larger horror move, movie movement there, I think the best horror filmmakers are, and horror creators are doing that. You've got, you know, you've got that sense of uh, menace in It Follows. Uh, you've got it in um, The Clapping Game from The Conjuring, which is one of the scariest yep. horror tropes I've ever, oh, it's, uh, I don't like that. There was another one that I was going to say that was really good with the menace. Um, if it comes back to me, I'll mention it again. But yeah. again, one of the really cool things about this show is there are so many. Um, there's so much thought put into it, and there's a lot to get out of it, even more than just the story. There, you know, and I think that that can be very rare. Um, especially when it comes to horde, you know, people don't take that kind of, at least, and not anymore. They don't take that kind of auteur, you know, eye and attention to detail. Um, but they have Netflix money, and so it was like, why not? Yeah, no, why not? Why not do amazing things with it? Yeah, uh, I'm glad they did, cause, cause I feel like a lot of times horror is almost like it's almost like it's scary, but it's like funny. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. So I guess we should talk about our favorite episodes or oh, favorite man. characters. I mean, I guess it's you know they really. Uh, okay, so I don't, we'll open it up to everything. Uh, come again. I said we'll just open it up to everything. Favorite yeah. episodes, characters. Yeah, I was just gonna read through. Um just the characters the the main characters that we have are the cranes it's steven uh olivia shirley luke theo and nell and olivia's the mom so she's in it but not not really kind of um and so i i'd say out of those my favorite character um was uh, was luke I really liked his his storyline. He's uh he was the the addict that was uh Nell's twin. Mm-hmm. And they had they had like something that like a ESP, like a twin thing in between them and that, you know. I really liked following that and I liked following his 
his story into into rehab and out and and worrying about his family even though they were all constantly worried about him because he was you know in rehab and and or high no i love i love his storyline uh he's definitely one of my favorite characters i think also because uh again talking about like where this fits in the current cultural moment you know the opioid blah 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 the opioid epidemic is you know rampant and you know people whether they know it or not are interacting with people who are addicted every day and i think that this is the you know this is this shows an upper middle class family with uh you know brother who by all accounts should be thriving you know struggling to manage his pain and his loss through you know really for white people, I should say, um, you know, I think that this, you know, and for, you know, revealing my own bias and like opening my eyes to, oh, if, you know, if that's how hard it is. That's how easy it is to get hooked. And then this is what it looks like. And this is where it can go. Yeah, no, then that's, so, and it felt, that's like what, what like, I, I, I don't want to say I liked watching about him, but I, it, it felt so like it was like you said like oh my like it's that easy for someone to just get hooked and be and be gone and then basically what they say no matter you know if it's real or not people just dismiss them you know as yeah. because like oh no you were just high like that's not real yeah so and you see that i mean you see that attitude in his own family and then giving up on him and then the redemption and it's you know it's just really great um, and then, you know, they make it seem like everything is happy, hunky dory at the end, but, the, you know, the house is still standing. The yeah. house is still alive. Spoiler alert. So, you know, and then just because you end up having this, like, sweet family moment doesn't necessarily mean. But anyway, yes, Luke's storyline, great. I thought he was, um, you know, probably one of the better acted siblings. Uh, and so I really appreciated that. Um, so yes, and that he is played by Oliver Jackson Cullen. Yep. Shout out to Mr. Jackson Cullen for bringing Luke to life. And he's a great looking guy. So you know that yeah. can't hurt. And, nope, not at all. No. Uh, my favorite characters. I really loved Olivia, the mom, which is who is played by uh, Carla Gugino, and then uh, Theodora Crane who is played by Kate Siegel. Siegel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they had the, they were the most, they had the strongest connection to the supernatural aspects of the house. Yep. Uh, so Theo uh, is, had, she's a psychic, she's an empath. Uh, when she touches people, she can know how they're feeling. She and, was uh, the mother. elder sister, right, that wore the gloves? Yes. Okay. So she was like the... Uh, she was the middle child. Because yeah. Stephen and um, Shirley, Theo, and then Luke and Nell are twins. So um, the, technically the third. Um, and so in the middle... Uh, so I thought that, and then the child actress who played Theo was really great too. 
uh, I thought like seeing the, I guess that, that's the also part, like you mentioned it, you know, that you're seeing these narratives mirrored back and forth between their older selves and their younger selves. And so also like big shout out to the younger cast members of this show because they did, you know, they really, really were incredible. really good job for, I, for, I mean, especially like how young the, the, the twins that were playing were, they, I mean, yeah. Honestly, very good, very good acting. Yes, so I love them. Uh, but anyway, going back to the uh, Theo and Olivia, um, one I love Carla Gugino, no matter what, forever and always. I think that she is a wonderful actress. I love whenever she pops up in anything. She's been in uh, The Watchmen. She's been in. Uh, uh, Gerald's Game that is also on Netflix and is a really great for a movie uh, if people are looking for recommendations uh, and she is just a delight in everything that she does and she really brings um, she is so warm and maternal and then when she goes crazy she's still warm and maternal but you know that she's crazy like she can turn it on a dime and to make it from this very loving tender persona to um, a very menacing one, uh, which I think is uh, just really great acting and then really great for the atmosphere of the story. Uh, and then Theo, I just felt that, um, again, Kate Siegel, who's, uh, she's in another, I believe, Mike Flanagan uh, movie called Hush, um, and she played the protagonist in that. She plays a, a deaf mute. Um, and really well and uh, her storyline was the most one of the most interesting ones I felt as well you know seeing her actually deal with her psychic um, powers yeah she was um she was the one that was she was she kept bringing the girls back to her her place right and she lived with uh she, she lived with Shirley and her husband yes and they're like extra bedroom or something or like garage of their moratory yeah (laughs) which is a terrifying i can't imagine going through what they did as a kid and then being like yeah i love dead bodies well yeah i mean that's i think um but i guess it's like well because i you see their approach to it like luke avoids death steven avoids death theo you know, because she's so empathic, really, like, death involves a lot of strong emotions, but then, you know, so she avoids it, and then on the flip side to that, we have Shirley, who owns the funeral home, uh, and is the one who takes care of the dead bodies, and is so, um, I think, is the one who, I guess, like, and again, I'm not a woman, so maybe, you know, anyone can call me out and tell me I'm off base, but I feel one of the things about and like the grief contained in her storyline is that she is becoming, you know, when the younger, the younger Shirley, we see her, you know, she's, you know, probably 12 or 13. I don't, I'm not sure if they mention her uh, age and she, so she's coming into her womanhood and her mother dies. And so, you know, she really wants to dig down and explain and understand and to connect, um, I guess with death, um, you know, her mother's death uh, in a way that she 
uh, wasn't able to. So she ends up being like the analytical is also like, I think implied to be kind of psychic has powers, but she's so like logical and like this, you know, everything has to make sense. Um, so I thought she was a nice contrast to the rest of the. Yeah, no, she did. And then going back to Theo, I forgot about her entire storyline of, uh, going into that basement. What, what, what was she a investigator of some sort? Right. She, uh, child psychologist. Child so psych- she could, yeah. And she could feel that, um, man, that now that I, I was just thinking like, Oh, it was the pedophile subplot. And then I remember like, no, there was also like, it's a pedophile subplot, but also like the really creepy fucking face in the wood. And they actually brought that to life at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was a monster. But, she like saw, uh, in her dreams bef- like before she went and, and actually investigated the house and then she uh, or maybe it was after and she just had that yeah. she so she i remember she feels the child she sees the image that the little girl has of this monster that is menacing her and i'm not sure why she's prompted to go i think maybe because i know it's like later probably an episode you know yeah, I'm going to say that and be wrong. So I'm not sure what episode. It felt like it came later in the series when she went to go visit that house. Uh, and I think it kind of is like showing Theo has been so closed off from the possibility of going back to the house and feeling anything. But then in that instant, she realizes that if she goes there, she can learn things that she wouldn't be able to learn otherwise. Yeah, And so that's what the going to that house and investigating ostensibly it's to check on the welfare of this girl and see what's going on uh and make sense of it um but then she like figures out the deeper scarier and that you know again just a really excellent you know yes this little girl sees is seeing a monster but the monster is her foster dad you know it's so you know that i think sometimes the most horrifying things in this show are not you know it's not the bent neck lady it's not it's not this monster it's not it's not the ghost in the corners it's you know your neighbor who lives down the street it's the you know drugs you can score you know those are the things that are the most terrifying uh and really um because they're they're real that's the that's the like i mean ghosts might be real you know don't get me wrong i'm not not saying I don't believe in them, but the other stuff is 100% real. So, yeah. and that's, that's, what's truly terrifying is, is that could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree a hundred percent. Now, uh, what, what, what's your favorite episode? I would say probably my favorite episode, I believe is episode six. I know that its name is two storms and it's the one where, um, they all gather for Nell's wake, and then it's spliced with the storm uh, that they experience at night. And uh, I love that episode for the tension that it brings, and it helps transition into the light, uh, you know, last part of the series. Um, and I also really loved it because it was just, again, you know, talk about this being technically daring. The that episode is only five shots and the longest shot in it is 17 minutes long that's so you, 
Oh my gosh, I forgot about how long the shots were in this show and how yeah. awesome that was. Yeah, and it's you know it's just got this very languid, dreamlike quality to them as they and just like how well they transitioned from character to character and you didn't know where the camera was going to go, who it was going to follow next. Um, and then again, just all of these little, I had to, I actually ended up watching it twice because there were all of these little like small slights and complications that, you know, built up to the big confrontation between the family members. And, you know, it's like, again, it's, like anything else that would happen at a family, you know, reunion or a dinner, you know, someone says something or they make a comment about something that happened in the past and it all builds up. And before you know it, you're throwing, you know, things at one another across the table at Thanksgiving. Uh, and to outsiders, it might not look like anything, but you know, they just, they know, you know, your family knows how to push your buttons. <laughs> yep. Um, Boy, do they. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then just again, the mirroring of, when they're in the funeral parlor, they're falling apart. And then when they are in the house, they're coming together. Um, and then it's like, again, it's like waves building on top of one another. They're, you know, the in the wake scene, it's like the wave is crashing and they're falling apart. And we wonder if it's gonna co go back out and coalesce into a whole. And then with the story in the past, that's like the wave, you know, about to crest and about to come down on the shore before their mother dies. Um, and, you know, we can see like they're together now, but very soon from everything we've learned, they're about to be split apart. So just those, um, you know, really good on uh, this, on the writing crew for making that triangle uh, of emotions work. Um, and so I just really, I really love that episode. How about you, Jamie? What's your favorite episode? It's um between I, I mean I really like that one, but uh the bent neck lady and the twin thing. The twin thing probably is my favorite. Again, it follows that's the one that follows uh Luke and you learn that um Nell is the one that like took him to rehab. And bought yeah. him, bought him dope right before he went in, uh -huh. and and it followed where he gets after she has uh, died, I guess. I guess I I don't know spoilers, but uh -huh. uh, and he he's just going through. He's he's been clean for like six months or something or or a few you know a long time. A, a, yeah. a, and all of a sudden he wakes up and he's got withdrawals and he's. He's like, I've got to leave, and it's it's like he's he's on something, but he's not, and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Someone just please believe me, and uh -huh. he ends up he ends up on the street, you know, it, like he's like he's a drug addict. He gets beat up. He he loses a shoe. He's uh, it, uh, almost it, you think he's gonna get hit by a car, and then it's his brother coming to save mm -hmm. him, and so it's watching watching him deteriorate knowing that something has happened i think that's the episode where too it shows all of them like sit up and they're like oh nell's in the red room and it uh. shows them all sit up and uh it follows him just to 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 almost like i said pretty much almost death if he hadn't been found when he was he probably probably would not have 
uh, made it through. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a great, like those are that and the Batman ladies is two, like two episodes that are really great to be next to one another. Cause like you said, the twin thing and being able to see, yeah, you see that's... the pain he's going through. And then you also know everything now about now and she's doing her best to help him while she herself is falling apart. And so, yeah. And I mean, the first few episodes really feel like they're like each family member almost, you know, but then it, it yeah. really stops after the bent neck lady starting at two storms. It's like the whole family. Yeah. Once they're all together at the funeral home, it, it, it stops being individual stories and it's the full family. But up to the bent neck lady, it seems like it shows the story of 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 each of them and like how they're dealing with what has happened you know in their yeah. life what happened in the house and what's happened since yeah no i agree and i think that's like a great it's not the it's building the world that ultimately we're going to see culminate by them going back to the house and as you said them coming back together as a family but i think it doesn't sometimes it feels slow but it doesn't necessarily feel unearned and that's really like I didn't feel I don't necessarily feel that there's any episode really anything just I think the the character who has the weakest motivation the weakest you know stance on anything is Steven you know the older brother and I think like whenever it you know focuses in on him um it really it didn't really work for me and that was probably the only you know part of it that I would you know I wish that he had been written stronger um see I really liked that he was the one since he didn't see anything even though he definitely did uh he just kept lying to himself and that's I did like I I liked his character I I mean he was the weakest character I I agree with you there but I actually loved that he compared to everyone basically just like was like no like this it's not real like no matter what he ended up seeing he was like no we're actually all of us are just insane it runs in the family i think that like i liked that he played it's just that role wasn't brought out enough for me i thought Shirley played a better skeptical person than he did and then his i think like we see the thing with him is you know, I guess it goes back to the fact like he says that he didn't see anything, but he actually did see things. And so then we see that his whole life is built around like these illusions. So he, you know, seems successful, but he needs a massive loan to get the book off the ground. He writes these ridiculous books about uh, other people's ghosts in his own. And he makes money off of that while not believing it. And then he, you know, is supposed to be, you know, in this happy marriage, but he's not. And it's his own fault. I think that they didn't necessarily do enough with, because the thing where they, like, it's also played as like a revelation in the show that it's like, no, Stephen, you did see things. And it's like, I wish that they had done more with his younger character to show that he would develop into the, um, yeah, someone who is more wedded to the idea of looking perfect than um, you you're know, right. The- yeah, I guess they because they, they didn't. You're right. They building him as a kid. They didn't really do other than his dad was like, "Don't look. 
Like, that's about yeah. the only thing that happened to him as a kid that would suggest that he wouldn't grow up to to be just as afraid of everything as the rest of his family. That's And he was. He was just lying to himself. And that's, you know, I think that's what you were trying to say. I'm mansplaining what you explained, of course. But... Yeah. Um, and then going into the house was absolutely crazy the first time you see it when they go back is uh when they show nell dancing Mm. around in the broken down house Mm. and then you later see what she saw and it's like a beautiful like everything she's ever wanted in the house she's like oh yeah everybody is here and happy and safe Mm. it reminds me of reminds me of two things actually it reminds me of uh once upon a december from anastasia uh, I think that that is a perfect metaphor. Uh, and then also, um, there was a Stephen King series, Stephen King mini series called Rose Red, that had a similar um, vibe to basically a possessed house. You know, once you die there, your spirit is trapped forever, and most of the time, the people who are trapped there are you know evil in some way, um, kind of like an updated Shining, and. Um, I just thought I, I'm a sucker for that. I'm not gonna lie. That's one of my favorite. Oh, me too. If I think, yeah. If I That's... think about it, like, ghost ship. There is a scene where they cut between the past and the present, and then there's a lot of playing with, uh, you know, is this the way it is or is it not the way it is? I love, uh, I love that kind of stuff. So I, I agree. I think that that was uh, a nice, a nice touch. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed seeing. I liked Nell a lot just because she would see things that were, and I mean, she had definitely, maybe Luke had a worse life, but like what we saw, Nell had a rough time. And that's, I mean, she's dead most of the show. So, I mean, that's, that's evident, but it shows like her storyline is just dark. The stuff with her fiance and then, yeah. Uh, obviously her as a her her childhood but yeah well i mean i think again playing with um the she's the one who plays like she's the one who sees the most ghosts uh and is the most open to the possibility of the house being haunted out of everyone and but then on the flip side she like her you're made to so anyway that Spoiler alert, the premise of the bent neck, the Nell sees this specter wherever she goes, or it pops up from time to time of this woman with a broken neck. And in episode five, the bent neck lady, you learn that after Nell went back to the house, she hung herself, and the bent neck lady that she's been seeing all of her life is actually her ghost. And she, she hanged herself. Yeah, she hung herself. and so She hanged all herself. Of, you got to say it right. She hanged herself. Um, all right. She hanged herself. And, Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Um, the. Um, oh, I've lost my train oh, of thought. I'm so Thanks. sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I was just trying okay. to make a joke. Okay, okay grammar Nazi. Whatever. Um, what was I? Where was I going with that? You know what? It's probably she, a good. She thing she hung herself, and 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 then you find out that. That, that she is the ghost, the bent neck lady 
was was her after she had hanged herself and broke her neck that was yeah. looming over her her entire life like this is yeah. this is where you're going pretty much no matter what you do yeah and so it's that and so she at first thinks that the bent neck lady is the person who is causing these things when in fact these things these awful things just happen to her over and over and over again and so i think that she provides the most to the idea of is there really a haunting or are they just crazy yep. because now really anything that happens to her is really not it's not uh, it can be explained without yeah. without extra without supernatural explanation without it can be explained yeah. medically or mm-hmm. so oh man all right and so once they let's see after after the the funeral luke ends up going to the house first right he's the he's the first one after nell to go back yeah and that causes the rest of the family to to go look for him and what do they they find? They just find the house pretty much like when they pull up, it lights up. Does it actually light up, or are they again like they're like it's waiting for us? I think it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's played that way that it's waiting for them to come back. Hmm. What else about this show? I mean, I feel like we've talked about all my favorite parts. <clears throat> I do too. I mean, it's just a really great series. I hope Netflix does more things like this. Um, not. I hope they don't do. Like, do you think gonna, they're going to bring it back? Help. I mean, in my, I think Netflix sure. will probably try to bring it back. It just depends if the uh, the people, the directors and producers, will understand that it needs to be over or not. I guess. Yeah. Because Netflix well, I mean, I think... isn't going to let go of a money-making opportunity yeah well i think it's one of those things where it depends on if the you know if the same creative team sticks around i think like a lot of the because a lot of the writing and a lot of the directing was done by mike flanagan and so if he feels like he has another story to tell um again the internet might have an answer to this um you know and his willingness to come back i think from what I can tell, it's his special spark that made this happen. Um, but again, it's an old house. It's been around forever, and we see a lot of different ghosts go through it. I could, you know, I could see this being um, Netflix's answer to American Horror Story. Yeah, and, and that's was, so. That's murder what house, when Murder House is the best one. Yep, so, I was gonna say when we were you were talking yeah. about spirits trapped inside a house. That first season of Netflix is my absolute favorite episode that first season of uh netflix of american horror story is my absolute favorite so good so good oh i love it oh ah man we have to do an episode about that because i just love i love murder house oh anyway enough and you said it was we did say it was based on the uh the shirley jackson Okay. 
And there was a film in 1999, also called The Haunting, which I don't think it was super white. Was also- there was also an older uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, 60s. Um, yeah, I know that it's been a popular source uh, to be adapted. So, again, books, I you know, this is a tangent, but I think anything based on a book is always better as a... Well, I say that. It's almost always better as a miniseries than it is as a movie. I I 100% agree with you. Usually it's going to end up being better just because you have more time to explain it. You have eight hours or ten hours instead of maybe two and a half, you know? Well, and it's like, yes, I, I agree. You know, you have more time, more to play with. And so it's almost like, you know, if if studios want to make movies about books they should like commit to a marvel kind of thing where it's a cinematic universe of you know here we're going to do you know three episodes you know and we say that but then you look at things like uh the hobbit where they take three movies to where they could have clearly just do maybe two i mean they should it's crazy that they had as much time in those movies as they did the Lord of the Rings movies and the Hobbit is a 250 page book. Yeah. And the Lord of the Rings are like 600 a piece. Uh, yep. I always that thinking about that always makes me laugh. I saw a comic and it's like, why would Peter Jackson do that? And it's just this picture of him shoving uh, a wall of money into a house made of money. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Peter Jackson loves him some money. And those movies wow. were... I loved the Lord of the Rings movies. We're not talking about them, but I hated... God, I hated the Hobbit movies. Yep, I was not for it. And I loved that book. But anyway, Haunting of Hill House. Go hey, watch it. Gets a, it was really good. Uh, gets a, gets a, a... Probably like an 8 out of 10 for me. It's a, it's not perfect, but it's, it's pretty close. Yeah. I, I would say a strong seven for me uh yeah very strong that makes it you're you're a lot more into horror than me you know you know a bit more about it than i do so that i feel like that's that makes sense because it's yeah. i i love it but i don't have much to compare it to well and i think it's all it's a good it, again like we talked about earlier it rewards maybe not again maybe not the acting maybe not the story but the um environment that they created the world that they've built rewards uh re-watching and i think that this is one of those series that could easily become um uh, you know a halloween tradition you know when you're looking for you, know, you want something that has definite chills and thrills that'll hold up uh and uh, are looking for something to make it through trick or treaters. I think this will this will enter that kind of uh, pantheon. Which so like I'm yeah, not... this this did come out around like there was so much spooky stuff that came around this fall. It was it was awesome. It was a, a very spooky fall. I got very into to, to horror titles in general, movies, TV shows. I even got a couple comic books that were scary. Yeah. So Ugh, I love it more more. That's all I can say. More and good. I, again, it's like I said, it's all part of a wave. You've got 
Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess you could probably say it started with the remakes of Japanese horror. Um, I guess because there was a lull at the end of the slashers from the 70s, uh, 70s and 80s. And there was, you know, the 90s were kind of kind of terrible. But then you have like with the rise of Scream and then the uh, Grudge remakes, um, I feel like the appetite redeveloped. And then in the last, you know, especially with things like Get Out, The Conjuring, you know, movies like that, um, it's really we're entering into a golden age of I, I with American Horror Story, I think, and and I mean that's a that's a pretty mainstream. Everyone, yeah. you know, everyone knows about it, but that's definitely bringing people into at least some of the seasons are very horror centric. Some yeah. are very just you know gore porn, but yeah, agreed. I'm we. I could yell about my problems with Ryan Murphy and his series for a whole episode. Well, we'll have to but do that one day. We'll, we'll have to do that <laughs> on another day. I think we should go ahead and uh, start talking about some of the other stuff that we have in our queue that's not necessarily horror-related. Um, I think we've exhausted our Hill House material. For but sure. Really, I, I encourage everyone who listens to the show to go and watch it if they haven't yet. Uh, and you know, I look forward to hearing other people's takes, um, if they haven't, or even if you have, you know, maybe you see something in it that we haven't, uh, and I would love to hear about that because obviously we enjoy talking about TV. Yeah, please, please hit me and, and Steven both up with your, with your takes on this show. If you like it, if you don't like it, I want to hear any of it, please. So Just text me. I need friends. <laughs> I'm not doing much. <laughs> I'll respond within the day. Um, wouldn't that be wild if, like, iMessage had that, like they have on Facebook pages? Like, typically responds within the day. <laughs> typically <laughs> responds within an hour is what it would say on mine. Like, I'm always bored. <laughs> um. So yeah, let's move on. Um. What are you What are you looking What are you looking forward to? What 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 you got? coming out that you want you want people to look at or you're excited to see uh, uh well what i what is out currently but i do not have access to uh because of the cord cutting and i'm not willing to add another service yet but have been seriously tempted uh sh- season five of Shit's creek uh is out now and the reviews you know from the times so all like all of the magazines are have reviewed it glowingly. If you haven't seen the first four seasons, they're on Netflix. It's a compl- it's a total gem, uh, and it's a and I'm so glad that they're back and that they um, it's created by Dan Levy and his father Eugene Levy. Um, a lot of people know Eugene Levy as the dad from the American Pie series. Uh, it also has um, Catherine O'Hara who plays Lydia Dietz's mom. Uh, and Kevin's mom from the Home Alone. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, and there, you know, it is just so funny and smart, and so I'm really excited that that is back on. Um, I'm trying to think of other things on the horizon. 
Well, something that's that's coming out right now that I'm really into is The Kids Are Alright. Have you seen any of that? No, I haven't. It's coming out right now. Um, it's about an Irish Catholic family in California with eight sons. And it's in the based in the 70s. So it feels a lot like uh, Malcolm in the Middle meets like that 70s show. I... I actually, I'm pretty sure I watched the premiere of this when it came on cable. Yeah, it's on it's on ABC. Yeah, um, and it's it's very good. There are eight brothers. Uh, the eldest who just came back from uh, he quit seminary school to become a priest. Like he was becoming a priest and quit after two years, and he's back in the house. And then okay. it's from 18, and then the youngest one's a you know an infant. And it's uh, it's it's amazing watching them uh, watching and they're they're it's amazingly written. That's every time I'm watching it, me and Mary Margaret are like, like this feels so like it feels like arguments you would have with your family. Like it it just it's just dumb stuff that they do to annoy you or that they do and they don't even know it annoys you. It's just shit your family does to you. Mm. And there are eight wow. of them, so eight, ten total with the parents. Jesus. Oh. Well, it sounds really good. It's sounds it's, like... it's very good. The 11th episode just came out. It's still, like, the first season is still airing right now on ABC, and it's very good. Can you get it on? Do you watch it on it's Hulu? Next, next day on Hulu, yep. There we go. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Oh, uh, another thing that has come out that I should mention, uh, Future Man on Hulu, since we're talking about, um, it's got Josh Hutcherson. If you haven't seen the first season, the second season just dropped, uh, and it is based around um, this guy who plays a dystopian video game and beats it, and it turns out that it was a training simulator sent from the future to find the savior of humanity uh, and all of the ridiculous things that happen when these people who he thinks are video game characters are actually real and they come and tell this slacker uh, janitor that he is the savior of the future. Okay, so, that sounds... Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've, I see a lot about that. Um, yeah. Basically, Josh Hutchinson has just kept me away from it. I don't know why. I think he's a good oh, actor. Really? I just, I like, ever since, because he was the guy from uh, the Hunger Game movies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, that's why. It just, like, I don't know. Like, I just have, like, a bad taste in my mouth, because the, the first movie was fine, and then the rest were ass. And uh, I just, he just, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I need to go check it out. I don't, it, like, it. it's dumb that I, I would be biased against... Uh, someone that I I truly think's a very good actor. Oh, that makes there you know people don't need a reason to piss you off, and that is a perfectly good one in my book. So there are plenty of people who have been in shows that I would just want to punch in the face if I met them in real life, and I'm sure they're wonderful people. But if they show up in a production, I'm just like, eh, people like you, but I'm not. I'm I'm just not a fan. And then uh, they, uh, what they announced April for Game of Thrones. I don't know. Have you you've watched that, right? No, I. Oh not. my god! I'm like the one person on the planet. And I predict the last 
I saw up until I think the second to last episode of season two uh, when it first came out. And I have just, I, so if anyone ever talks to me about Game of Thrones, please know I am a poser. I have not watched. I read the episode recaps because people won't shut up. And the only way you can be a part of the conversation is to feign interest. Now I have an HBO Go. And so maybe I will put in the time. It's a lot of time. That's the only It's a lot of time. And it's, I don't know if I, you know, I'm just. It's it's not for some people. Some people don't like it. But uh, I, I love it. But they moved it up. They moved it up like uh, like four months. It was supposed to come out oh. in the summer, and then they announced recently that it's coming out in April. Well, that's I don't know what that indicates, but I don't know. I don't know. It's not because I normally I like fantasy things. I do like those kinds of things. Like I like Lord of the Rings and you know stuff along those lines, but. For some reason, Game of Thrones, I think it's just the hipster in me. I just can't. Everyone yeah. likes it too much, and I'm just, my body rejects that. Yeah. I mean, I understand. Um, I've also, right now, TV just came back from Christmas break. So there's, I'm watching so many shows on Hulu um, day after. Uh, Blackish, Grownish. Uh, Broad City started back last night for the, their final season. Uh, that sucks. I love that show. Uh, Crashing season three. Yeah, Crashing season three just started back up. That's Pete Holmes HBO. Amazing stuff. Uh, True Detective just started back yeah, up on okay. HBO. Have you watched the 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 first? I think three are out at this point. I've watched the first two. The two that I came am. out the same night, right? Didn't it? Wasn't it a two-hour yeah. premiere? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's that's I'm, all I've seen. I haven't seen the third one yet, but I'm excited. I think it'll be good. It looks really good. I never watched season two just because, again, like I just I can't get over. <laughs> it's what's his name, Vince uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. I just like I'm like nah, he can't be serious. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it wasn't right. that good anyway. I would go back and watch it. So. If you're desperate, I hear that's what, uh, you know, if you have nothing else on TV. I just I'm never, I never don't have anything on TV. I watch like 30 shows. It's terrible how much time it takes up of my day. Uh, True Detective, and there's another show that I was going to mention. Who knows? But there's a lot. TV's kind of, I guess the thing that I'm most excited for, but also like dreading, and I'm also already over, is that it's award season. I am over and it. So, yeah, so like I just wanted I just want to see how messy the Oscars are gonna be. Like that's the only reason why I'm still in it. And then the Tony Awards are always fun. So, but that, there's like a breather in between the Oscars and the Tony Awards. We should so. we should get we should get some boys some boys on and do uh, some of the boys on and do like a an Oscar watch party. Down. Or, uh, or uh, I mean, I'm always down for any of it i i like watching award shows just because they're ridiculous mm-hmm. and i i just want to go to them really this is going to be marie kondo meme i love mess level of shenanigans considering that they still don't have a host that there were a lot of big snubs this year um a lot of the movies that got nominated for best picture i 
literally haven't heard of. And that's probably my fault, but, like, I did I didn't know they existed. The Emma Stone movie, it's, like... Oh, the favorite. Oh, my God, no. That movie I mean, it looks amazing, wild. but I never heard so about good. it until I saw that it was nominated. And then I went and yeah. watched a bunch of stuff about it. I hate that it wasn't widely... Was it not widely released, or did I just miss it? Well, considering that it is a lesbian love triangle, it would not get wide distribution. A lesbian love triangle? I feel like I feel like Hollywood eats that shit up, right? <laughs> Hollywood has eaten that shit up. They have been going to town on uh, the favorite, but unfortunately, I don't think it would play well in Memphis. Or I, you know, I think the. I guess I guess yeah, you're right. I was only lucky enough to see it. You know, keep your eye. It's, it's probably like one of those. You live right behind a movie theater, so keep your eyes. They don't out play for it. anything good. It's always yeah. it's always yeah. the mainstream. Like they had Aquaman for like two weeks after anyone else. It might still be there. I and I bet it <laughs> like it, it's never like the last like movie I wanted to see that was there was Black Klansman, and it was I loved it, but it was I was the there was. It was weird because there weren't any black people when I saw it. African American people. I don't. Sorry. Uh huh. And uh, and it was just old white people, and you could tell like there were parts that like they would just be like grumbling and mad about the parts that called old white people racist. It was hilarious. I mean, like the thing about that to me is just like. We have the photos. Like, not everyone is dead from the civil rights era. Like, I know, like, you were in those photos. Like, own your shit. Like, it happened. You know, and well, then if you're it, not... It just blew things- my mind. Like, why are you here? You, It's called Black Klans. What did you think it was yeah. going to be? A Klan movie? Like... True. Ah! <laughs> 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 oh, man. Ugh. Woo. Yes, that's hilarious. Sorry. No, that's. <laughs> um, anything else you're looking forward to? I there there's not really TV wise anything else I'm excited about. Um, I mean, like the biggest, like again, since this episode was all about horror, uh, um, Jordan Peele's uh, Us comes out in march when so like that's been, when does his big. twilight zone come out us is going to be amazing i'm super excited about that but isn't he doing twilight zone for netflix he is doing, yep he is doing the twilight zone i'm not sure when it's coming out though that'll be dope oh, man that, i cannot I, wait for that cross, that will be dope hopefully i mean it'll that, be oh man i'm gonna be upset if it's not amazing I think I think he's gonna he based on everything that he's done before, you know, you know, causation, correlation, whatever, you know, but I think that he is going to bring, you know, just a new perspective and um you know, I think it's gonna be it's nice to have millennial creators, you know, moving I I'm finally starting to I don't know. I say that, you know, 25, close to 30, whatever. I still feel young, but it's nice now to like, I think so much media when you're younger, it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool. That appeals to me. But now as an adult, like 
I know that creators are making for me, you know, or my circumstances. So like the characters are going to understand how to use an iPhone and they're going to know, you know, the frustration of whatever. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how he captures, you know, those, you know, the angst of the modern age in his Twilight Zone. Yeah, I just, I mean, I like, I agree with you. I, I trust Jordan Jordan Peele doing that. Um, I don't want it to end up, I mean, not that Netflix completely ruined Black Mirror, but the BBC Black Mirror has my favorite episodes in it. Mm. Um, the Netflix, like once Netflix picked it up, they're definitely, obviously still very good episodes, but, but the 10 million credits was golden the second episode of the series on the bbc was the best episode in my opinion of that show and there hasn't the last episode that they that they put out bees i didn't like at all like it was i I didn't even finish it i didn't like it it was it, it just wasn't it wasn't very interesting and i mean it was it was scary but that you know not not really like it was it was just silly and so i don't want i don't want i hope I hope it doesn't get diluted because yeah. I still like the original Twilight Zone so much. I love that show. Yeah, it holds up. It's scary. It's interesting. And But I mean, I think also with the original Twilight Zone, not everything was meant to be terrifying. It was just exploring these weird, yeah, you know, like, unexpected things and twists and whatever. What ifs. Yeah. And I think, you know, Ben, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, you know, he, you know, his big thing about it is like Black Mirror only, its main thesis and the only thing that it can ever say is that technology is bad. Every episode ends with the same message. You know, technology is not good and it's going to do bad things. You know, the Twilight Zone isn't confined to that one note message. You know, it has much more to play with, you know, much more interesting thing, what, you know, just for that reason alone. You know, he has more universe and, you know, more of a thesis to play with. So I think that will probably be, um, you know, that's probably like the biggest thing that will prevent it from going. The, it's the biggest asset and the biggest liability, right? Because you could take it in a way that is not, you know, that's just not interesting. Maybe this is like the one thing that's a misfire for him, but um fingers crossed yeah i hope not good um but but lots of exciting things we got to find out when that's going to be oh that'll be so good yeah that'll be that'll be super good i'm i'm pumped for that if nothing else to hear him narrate stuff yeah (laughs) all right awesome well that was a lot of things a lot of things now queued up and to be excited to watch yeah, I mean, I that's part of part of why I uh, part of why I wanted to do this podcast is I am constantly looking for new TV to watch. <laughs> well, this is the perfect avenue for it. All right. Well, um, unless you've got anything else, I think uh, I think that's it for us. I think it is too. All right. Well, um, that's been that's been queued up. Uh, I'm Jamie for Stephen. Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye.